Hi there, Reverend David McLaughlin here. I would like to invite you to join with me as I share a series of thumbnail truths that the Lord has laid in my heart to leave with you in these strange and difficult times. My thumbnail today is taken from the book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12 and we read there verses 1 to 3 wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. I would like just to share two words with you today, based on Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3. The two words are, Consider him. I want you to think today of the person of Christ. Who is he? The Bible tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want you to realize again that the Lord Jesus Christ is none other than God manifest in the flesh. The Bible tells us, great as the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. The Lord Jesus Christ is not just a good man, a great man, or a gracious man. He is primarily the God-man. And as you think even of the babe in Bethlehem, that babe, remember, was none other than God incarnate. The Bible tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Bible goes on to tell us in John 1 and verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I emphasize that again to you for this reason. Many, of course, when they think of Christ, they just think of Him as Son of Man and Son of Mary. Of course, He is the Son of Man. The Bible says, Never man spake like this man. He is indeed the son of Mary. He was born of woman only. Uh, Do remember that Joseph was just his stepfather. And the Bible tells us in the book of Galatians, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. You see, throughout the scriptures, constantly the emphasis is on the Son that was given and the Son that was sent. God sent His only begotten Son into the world to be the Saviour of the sinners. And as you consider Him, I want you to think of the wonder and glory of His person as the Son of God. I want you to also think of the purity of Christ. Did you ever read in the Scriptures that He did no sin? That He knew no sin? That in Him was no sin? 
You see, it's a part of the fundamental of the faith to believe in the absolute sinlessness of Christ. That brings us into the realm of deep theology where we could talk really about the impeccability of Christ. He said himself, by way of testimony, which of you convinceth me of sin? The Lord Jesus never entertained a sinful thought, uttered a sinful word, committed a sinful deed. In fact, God the Father said from heaven three times, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Everything that the Lord Jesus said and did, everything that he thought, was absolutely sinlessly pure and sinlessly perfect before his heavenly Father. In fact, he self-said, The prince of this world cometh, speaking of the devil, and of nothing in me. There's no sin that the devil could put his finger on. And I would encourage you to read 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. I want to encourage you to read also 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, when it says that he did no sin. And of course, that lovely verse in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For he that is God hath made him that is Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And as a Christian, you must, of course, believe in the absolute sinlessness of Christ. Think also of the passion of Christ. Isn't it wonderful to read in the scriptures that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures? When you think of the death of Christ, just don't only think of the way he died, the horrible death of crucifixion, when, 2,000 years ago. Just don't think of who died, God the Son dying on a tree. But I want you to think of why. And the answer is, Christ died for our sins. What does that really mean? It means that he was substituted for us. He took our place. He bore our judgment. He bore our hell. He died the death that we should have died. He died as our surety. He was fulfilling the penalty that the broken law demanded. The broken law demanded the penalty of death for the wages of sinners death, the Bible says. The Bible says the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And the law demanded death and the Lord Jesus voluntarily came into the world to die. He not only died the death of a substitute and the death of a surety, but he died as a sin bearer. The Bible says he bore our sins in his own body in the tree. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Could I share with you as well that the Lord Jesus died a sacrificial death? Didn't John the Baptist say of Christ when he came into the world, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The scripture tells us, But this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down in the right hand of God. And of course the Lord Jesus was the sin offering. He bore the wrath of God that was due because of sin. He cried out in the tree, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And just as the Old Testament sacrificial system had a burnt offering uh, and, and the fire was um, put uh, upon that burnt offering, so the fire of God's wrath fell upon Christ. And, and Christ bore our hell and bore our judgment all to become our saviour. You, you think of his lovely name. Paul makes reference to it here, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. 
Think of that lovely word, Jesus, the just one, the one who's unique among the children of men, the one who was the sacrificial lamb who died in our guilty room instead, the one who was from everlasting, who predates the beginning, the one, of course, who is our wonderful, glorious saviour. I recommend him to you. I I want you to consider him in his passion. I want you to consider him in his plenitude. Think of these words. He's full of grace and truth. What is grace? It's more than God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is God coming to us as lawbreakers and criminals and treating us in a way that we do not deserve. It's undeserved and unmerited favour to criminals and lawbreakers. And grace not only comes by Jesus Christ, but truth comes as well. And of course, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the perfect embodiment of truth. What is truth? Well, here's the answer. Christ is the very embodiment of the true revelation of God. He comes as a prophet and a priest and a king, and he comes to teach and tell us the way of salvation, comes to explain to us and show to us our sin and encourage us and exhort us to repent and enter into a right relationship with God. There's fullness in Christ, but I want to tell you in closing, there's power in Christ. He is able to supply your need. He is able to succor those that are tempted. He's able to save those uh, from the guttermost to the uttermost. He's able to surprise all who call upon him in truth. The Lord Jesus is able to do wonderful things for us. And I would ask you, maybe you're listening to me, you're wearied in your mind, you're, you're struggling like the Hebrew Christians were. You're maybe even ready to quit and thinking, I, I can't cope with tomorrow. I, I can't cope with today. Uh, how am I ever going to get through this? And you see, Paul was encouraging God's people. And in the book of Hebrews, he wanted them to get a sight of Christ. And getting a sight of Christ makes all the difference. Think again of these two words. Consider him. Consider him in his person. Consider him in his purity, in his passion. Consider him in his plenitude, but consider him in his power. And I asked you, do you know anything of what he's able to do for you? Have you asked him, Lord, help me, whether it's salvation you need, supply, whether it's succor and help, he is able to do that. And I recommend him to you this afternoon again. In Jesus' name, amen. 